All right, we're glad to be back here. Um, one of the things that we're going to start doing is each week, we're going to begin one of our episodes with a business update. So Ari, if you want to kick us off by giving a business update of what you've been doing recently. Yeah, so for me and my business, um, initially I had a big focus on um, the legalities of everything and like not really the concrete like product or uh, marketing or anything like that. But I was really focused on like how um, I'd craft like a warning label or, or um, how to establish like uh, parts of my business and like find stuff like that. But um, just because uh, I had learned that information prior. But uh, now I've kind of reprioritized and I've really focused on uh, marketing through social media and I'm working big on um, my social media campaign. And um, I'm really big on uh, product design. And I have um, someone that's working with me that's um, putting in a lot of good hours to help me out with that. And uh, I'm going to have to check in and um, see where to go from our initial prototype. In terms of the legal stuff that you were talking about, what exactly is that? I know, you know, I know that every business has to go through this, but I really didn't know much about that before I really did it myself. Well, uh, everyone has like a business idea and um, to get that up and running, it takes a lot more than to just say that like I have an idea and I want to do something with it. I mean, you have to establish your business, you have to buy, you have to get an LLC or um, tax your corporation in some kind of way, um, whether it's a C Corp or S Corp, but you have to um, pay taxes, you have to um, go through all that just to legally be established as a business. And um, I think that that's probably the biggest, that's probably the biggest like uh, point that I'd stress as a like a legality issue. I mean, I think, Brian, you went through this before, but uh, there's, if you want to talk about your process. Yeah, so I guess one of the questions that I was going to ask you, but I, I can just answer myself, is you mentioned an S-Corp and a C-Corp. I'm not sure everyone really knows what it is, but I myself am filing as an S-Corp. So in essence, what this means is when you register as an LLC, you're then registered as a company, so you're obligated to pay taxes both as a company. Hypothetically, if this is not including the SRC Corp, but if you didn't file as an SRC Corp, which I don't even know if you can do, as an LLC, you're obligated to pay taxes both as a company and then both on your personal income. So what an S Corp does, which is what I am, is um, you're not paying taxes for both the business and yourself you're just paying taxes on the income that you make yourself is that so does that make you did you understand that or yeah no so um filing as an s corp or c corp really um separates those two tax brackets and sometimes you don't I mean if you're running an LLC by yourself there's really no point in getting taxed twice I mean there's no point in getting taxed twice anyway but uh if you're um running uh LLC or a sole proprietorship by yourself there's really no point to have your business as a separate entity than um than your uh personal tax return and so that's why there's different denominations yeah so pretty much like 
I guess like the biggest difference between an S corp and a C corp is that as an S corp shareholder, so yourself are just paying taxes on the money that you're making. Whereas the C corp, both the business pays at the corporate level and the shareholders pay on their income received. So that is getting taxed twice. I guess apparently um, if you're planning to go public, it's better to file as a C corp. Um, I'm not exactly sure why that is. I, I haven't really gotten to that point in my journey, but I'm pretty sure you can, you know, you can switch between an S and a C corp. If, you know, if you started as a small business and, you know, you, you're, you don't want to pay taxes twice, you know, Aria and myself are filing as S corps, but you know, if down the line you really scale quite a bit and you're looking to go public and take on more shareholders, then you file as a C corp because you know the people who are invested in your company are going to get paid for are going to get taxed for the money that they take out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's called capital gains tax. Uh, it's what you get if you invest in anything. Uh, it's pretty common. But uh, like uh, as I was saying earlier, I really had my focus in a different spot, and I was really getting ahead of myself. And that's probably just because like. I'm in school for business and um, I had that knowledge taking a business law class a couple semesters ago and I had that knowledge about what I need to do to be legally established and um, what types of steps I'd have to go through to make sure that my product is not um, harming anyone or uh, doing any like, mal- malicious things. So I have to craft a warning label for that. But that, for me, that realization was good because I realized that that's much down the road. And right now I need to focus on um, really establishing my product and making sure that it's usable and running uh, a lot of beta testing so that people um, can get used to like the comfortability of the product and I could get feedback on uh, what I need to fix. Yeah, I think that's a great, a great strategy. I think, you know, when I kind of started out, I I, kind, I guess I kind of took the opposite approach of you. I mean, we're in much different industries, so I feel like, you know, your industry and what you were doing makes more sense to do what you did than what I would have done. But what I did essentially is I pretty much just started working. Um, you know, landscaping obviously is different, um, but like, you know, I would pretty much just work for clients doing like smaller jobs. And then as we grew and stuff, we transitioned to more of the stuff that I'm doing now, which is a lot of, you know, like the operations and the legal side and the financial side and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like what I, I would say, that's mainly what I'm focusing on now. I, I'd say that I got most of my legal work taken care of um, this fall in terms of the LLC. We're currently pending um, trademark. Um we are still working on the insurance side of things. That's, you know, that's a, a quite, quite a bit of time goes into that. Um, I guess one thing that I would say that I probably could have done better is keep track of the financial statements. Um, I think I did an okay job and I can figure it out. But um, as you, as you scale up and insurance and that type of stuff really becomes a factor uh one of the things they look at is you know your income statement your balance sheet and 
you know, your projected revenues for the coming year. And they really, at least for my industry, they really kind of are scrupulous about what's going into that. And, you know, there's all different like types of fees that they, I guess they essentially base it off of revenue. Again, I'm still in this process, but that's one of the things I'm doing right now. Um, I'm also working on the operational side of things. So last year I would say that I was in control of all the operations. So again, the, the accounting, just the, the day-to-day operations such as, you know, we have supplies that need to be delivered to properties. So I would have to, you know, call suppliers and have supplies delivered all the time. And then just, you know, the basic maintenance of materials, you have to have a guy for that. Um, just like a lot of just like the day-to-day stuff, like responding to clients, sending emails. Um, we're looking to hire a CEO for that. Um, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff such as the social media. I've begun to consider that more as you can see through this podcast. One of the things that one of my big goals for 2023 is to really improve my social media presence in terms of everything personal and business. Um, so we're working on that and developing a strategy for that. One of the things I'd say I've really spent probably the, the last two months on is marketing. Um, I've been doing a lot of research into the marketing and kind of, you know, studying like the psychological aspects of marketing and timing. And there's like so much that goes into marketing. Have you gotten into your, like the depth of your marketing process at all? Well, yeah. So right now, like I, I'm getting into marketing and a lot of that's just research, like, um, on all, all the platforms, all like the social media platforms. But um, a big thing in my industry, since I'm in the fitness industry, is that a lot of it's gone to, like, TikTok and a lot of it's gone to, like, Instagram Reels and more short-form, like, opposite to this, like, more short-form content and where people, like, really just look at, like, a 10-second clip and then move on. Um, I think that's, like, um, that's, like, my target market and that's where I want to focus a lot of my marketing, so... As like a result, I'm trying to get big on Instagram and um, we're working on scaling that um, side of the business up. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of, you know, like financial marketing, like have you done any research into, you know, like upsell, downsell, um, stuff like that? Like, you know, like prestige pricing and anything in in terms of that or not yet? Yeah, so no, um, you actually gave me that, that, uh, Alex Hermosi book the other day and um, I've been reading into that and that's really interesting because it really teaches you about um, demand and what like how how people really look at an offer that you give them and whether they see value in it and I think that I mean yeah I've done a little bit of research into that I'm like kind of beginning to do my research into that but um, once I like really uh, establish my product and kind of like get it out of the prototype phase and into like the production phase um i'd really be able to see um what price point i want to put my my uh, product at and uh how i'd want to uh go about that yeah i think that's a good point to you know business like there's so much stuff that you can do but i think the first thing that everyone has to do is just work and like get something out there because you really can't do anything you don't really have any information to go off of without first doing work you don't 
you don't really know how much money you're gonna make you don't know how to appeal to like an audience you just need to like get something out there and see how it goes and yeah. you know it's like an iteration process so yeah that's one of the things that i'm focusing on as well i think i think i have some understanding of you know our, our target market but kind of what i've said in previous podcasts is I think that your clients and or your customers who you're serving are the most important part of your business. 100%. And I think that understanding their needs and their wants and, you know, why you're doing business to begin with is super important. Um, you know, business in essence is solving a, a problem that another person has profitably. So I think that understanding, you know, what works and what doesn't work is, is critical. But again, it takes time. One of the things that I'm doing is I'm working on, you know, as Alex Hermosi would say, making an offer so good that people feel stupid saying no. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm doing now is I guess I'm really focused on building my client base. So, you know, I wouldn't say that this year I'm necessarily attracting the customers that I think are going to be with the company for, you know, an extended period of time. Although I would love that. I hope at least some of them are. But I think that we're still a very young company and we still need to you know, fine tune our craft and understand what we're good at and what we're bad at. And, you know, in that process, we're going to understand which customers work for us optimally. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, as I have grown in business, one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, a lot of time as companies, we think that we're selling to the customer. But if you can almost switch that so that the customer is selling to you, which is one of the things that I'm looking to do long term, I think it's much more beneficial because essentially what this means to help you understand is that, you know, in order to, for a company to sell, everyone thinks, oh, you need to like present them with something and they have to buy it. But one of the things that I'm looking to do in the future is I'm going to say we're a premium quality company, which is where I'm looking to go. And rather than me taking on every client that asks us for service, clients are going to have to go through, you know, surveys and they're going to have to qualify for our services so that's going to kind of wheedle out the top one percent of customers that we're looking to attract because have you ever read the 80 20 principle uh yeah i've heard about it yeah so a pr pretty much what it is is it's the idea that 80 percent of your you know 80 percent of revenue comes from your top 20 percent of customers oh, okay. and it's kind of applicable for anything mm -hmm. so like what we're trying to do is you know, this year we're going to serve everyone, see how it goes. And then at the end of this year, we're going to do a lot of, you know, customer research and customer surveys and really understand where our optimal customers are coming from. And then, you know, next year we're going to focus on developing a new marketing campaign that focuses on attracting that top 20% of customers so that we're yielding higher revenues and essentially doing less work. Yes. Although, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you like have like an established customer base and like to be a high quality um, business or a high quality like vendor, you have to kind of like scale up or you have to like what you said, like weed out um, your like bottom tier of customers. But um, I think for like a business that's starting out, just like, like me, I feel like I have to try to cater to every customer that comes my way just because um, I need to establish that customer base that you like, like you have, but um, I think that definitely like going forward, you'd have to, uh, if you want your business to um, get scaled up, you definitely have to see where, 
your top customers are and really figure out what they want and whether your services or products suits their needs. Mm -hmm. If I was going to recommend something to you, I think that like when I started out, I, I definitely thought similarly. It's especially with Varna. I, I think that when I really first started out, I was trying to, you know, create, create content, especially that I thought would resonate with people. So I would try and create all different types of content to resonate with all different types of people. But I realized that when you do that, this is a quote that, or not even a quote, this is just an idea that I've been thinking about. Um, you know, in school or in high school, I, I considered myself to be pretty good at everything. I'd say that I was reasonably good at sports. I was reasonably successful in the classroom. And, you know, I was like a pretty good friend. But I was really, you know, spreading my wings over three different areas. And what I realized is that I was getting, you know, good grades, but not the best grades. And I was good at sports, but I wasn't the best. And I was a good friend, but I had a lot of friends. So my time was spread about and it was hard for me to, you know, spend an equal amount of time with everyone and give equal amount of effort to everyone. What I've realized now is that in order to be the top 1% of success, in order to be the most successful, I think that you, that we need to narrow our focus more like narrowly. So I guess this is a little bit different for you. I would say that what you're doing is, you know, you're creating your product, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. And you're, I think that you should market to everyone because like you said, you're still trying to find that customer base, mm -hmm. but you'll notice this like as you start to market to people there's going to be there's going to be people who will like things that you didn't even notice about your product so like they'll be like i don't know whatever it may be people are going to be like oh i like this other people are going to say oh i like this mm -hmm. and you're going to have a wide array of people who have different all, all these different ideas about how you can improve your product and whatnot and i think that like at that moment it's like that's when like that's when you like notice that moment like oh like you need to like pick an avatar and go with it does that make yeah. sense yeah no that definitely makes sense i mean um for me i like obviously have a specific target market but there's all always like the opportunity that someone outside of that target market comes up to my product and wants to buy it is has an interest in it um but yeah no that's that definitely makes sense because then that's like how you get feedback on your product and um, improve it for those who use it more. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, it's almost like you start small and then you go big and then you go small again. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. I mean, I think that like, if you even think of like Apple or like Amazon, like they started small then they went like Amazon specifically, like they started small and they went big and then they kind of went small again. Mm -hmm. And now they're big again. Yeah. It just, it's like iterations and time and time. And, it, you know, it just takes time to figure out. But it's it also, out. it's also like relative. So like, say you're starting small, like there could be like, for at the beginning you're starting small. It could be like you starting with pretty much nothing, like no capital or anything mm -hmm. like that. And then you get big, it's like from zero to a hundred basically. And then, um, once you, if you go small again, it's like, it's relative. So like, basically you'll go from like a hundred to 80 and then you'll try to 10x that and how much every time. So that's how you go big again. But it's all relative to um, how you start and what stage you're at. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, like, I think another thing to consider, too, like, when we're young in terms of, like, you know, profit and, like, money and capital, it's, you know, as a young company, it's important to understand that, you know, you have to, like, spend money. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, a lot of people, I think especially in, like, landscaping or, like, what I notice for myself is that, you know, you start working or I started working and we started making money, but then we almost hit like a ceiling, but we were still making like more money than a lot of people. And at that moment, it's like, yeah, like it's comfortable. Like I can easily continue doing what I'm doing and, you know, not spend any more money and just stay stable. But I think in terms of growing, you need to like, like for me, it's almost like, so I started out, made, like I, I, I'd say that I started my landscaping company with like 15,000 and I spent probably 12,000 going into the beginning of last year. And then we made more money, pretty much made all the money back and some, then I reinvested more money again. And like, it's almost like, it's pretty much like a wave, especially at, at the beginning, what I've noticed, it's like make money, reinvest. And like, in order for me to keep growing, I have to keep spending that money and I think that's one of the things that as entrepreneurs, it's, you know, especially as a young person getting into it, it's, it's hard to, you know, make all this money and then watch yourself spend it all again on, yeah. you know, pretty much going back to zero. But it's one of the things that I think I found super important. I think that's definitely mandatory as an entrepreneur and you have to understand that it's part of the process. I think for me, something that like really relates to that is like, you see, like, a star player on a sports team, they take, like, a pay cut so that their team can sign more people. It's like you're putting that money back into your business. Maybe that's to pay your um, employees more, or maybe that's to increase your ad spend or um, increase your operating expenses so that you can uh, do more marketing or something like that. But um, it's really just like what we've been talking about process over results you're putting that money back in so that one day you could 10x that or 100x that yeah it's an investment it quite literally is Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people they put money in like the s&p 500 for example and they you know they keep putting money and keep putting money in and over time that accrues to a larger sum Mm -hmm. i think with business you know it's it's investment it's it's a it's a much more volatile investment because you know you can fail and you can lose everything. But it's a lot more in your control. Yes. Yeah. And it's a lot quicker, I've noticed, you know, especially now. I mean, I think as I get bigger, it'll probably slow down a bit. But, you know, as of right now, it's like, oh, you spend like another $5,000 on a lawnmower and you make, you're able to quadruple the amount of lawns that you can cut and you make the money back in a week. And it's like, it's it's an investment and then it comes back and you invest again it's yeah it's a process i mean that's a lot of what you learn in like a finance course it's cost benefit analysis and basically you're weighing the cost you have to put in against the benefit and like you said like if you spend five thousand dollars on a lawnmower but you can make that back in a week and there's like 10 weeks over the year pretty much gonna 10x the investment to a lawnmower and you're gonna turn that into revenue. And basically you could keep doing the same thing over and over again. And you could keep multiplying that, uh, your revenue, or you could kind of just take it home and be happy with it. Mm-hmm. And 
I think a lot of people preach reinvesting because um, you're keeping all the money in your business and you could, I mean, a lot of people preach reinvesting because this is your money and you're putting it into the business and sometimes you can use it, use um, your business as uh, an avenue to buy a car, like buy a house or something. Um, there's a lot of things that you could do with a business entity uh, that a lot of people talk about. Yeah. Um, just like one thing to like comment on that you mentioned early is when you're reinvesting too, I think it's important to consider, you know, the supply and demand. Um, you know, so for, for me, what I would do is I would, I would work with what I had. So in terms of my reinvestment, I would work with what I had until I got to a point where I had so much demand, um, for my products that essentially I didn't, I physically wasn't able to do it with the you know the assets that i had so like the labor the tools etc mm -hmm. so at that point is when i realized like oh, all right this is the moment where you reinvest so i would say that in terms of reinvesting just one thing to consider is max out the demand that you can possibly get with what you got and almost strain yourself to a point and then when you find that point that's when you should reinvest and then because then you'll be able to meet the demand and then also increase again and then reinvest again. But yeah, I, I what was that last point that you were making? I um, Well, I was talking about how like reinvesting could be beneficial for um, you in your personal life. So you want to buy oh, yeah, yeah. take out a mortgage. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like you want to take out a mortgage um, and you have like a business you're doing it, trying to do it under your business. Your business has a certain amount of credit, probably has a credit score. I mean, a lot of things that you could do under a business entity is also like, a lot of things you could do as a normal like human being is also applicable under a business entity. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of people tend to reinvest and tend to invest their money in uh, stocks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one of the things I was actually thinking about this morning in class is how like business and just how you are as a, as a human are like almost synonymous. Mm -hmm. Like in order to be good at business, you need to be like a good human. Like yeah. a lot of like what we talk about with like mindset, but I was really thinking about it in like terms of like supply and demand <laughs> because you know, in three of my classes I'm learning about supply and demand right now. And it's yeah. like, I think that in order to increase your value as a human, you need to be, you need to, you know, cut supply almost and at, because it will increase demand so you know if you think about like celebrities and actors they're in such high demand and their supply is so little like how many people ever see a celebrity yeah it's right. very rare so it's like you know it's it's just interesting to think how how much carryover there is between like just living life successfully and being in business successfully i think that also attributes to their business so you're talking about celebrities um celebrities the more demand there is for them the less like movies they're going to go into or like the higher like the more like grossing films are going to go into so like basically if you're like a big star like you'll maybe do like one or two movies a year but um those movies will probably be like two of the biggest movies that'll come out and mm -hmm. that's why you're doing them yeah and, and and if you were that celebrity and you were doing 10 movies a year your you, value is going to go down. Yeah. So it's like the more scarce you are, the more money, the more money you're going to be able to make. And I, I think that's a great point in terms of business too, because 
you know, I think there will be times where, you know, you'll probably have like some investors or something or something will come along and it'll look like a great deal. But, you know, this is another thing that Hermosi talks about. And, you know, it's like resisting. So like that movie star, for example, they might come they might have an opportunity to cast in a movie and make five million. But if they if they resist the temptation to bite on that little bait, the next movie is going to come along and it's probably going to be worth 10 million. And the cycle goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you can really focus on, you know, the the basic, the integral parts of yourself and like building yourself to be, you know, the best person that you can be in body, mind and spirit. And if you or if you're focusing on your business and focusing on the operations and making everything seamless and providing excellent quality service, the longer that you're able to do this and resist, you know, stretching yourself um, for, you know, money, I think the more value that your company is going to have in the long term and the more like, you know, if you ever sell your company, the higher it's going to be worth, you know? Yeah. And I think that that um, scarcity in supply is what we were talking about earlier when we talked about um, customer base and uh, like weeding out that those customers that, you know, like don't, maybe don't appreciate like what you're doing, underpay you, um, different things like that, but like weeding those customers out so that you have a group of customers that you know is committed to your product, to your service, your company, um, your mission and your values. Yeah. On that point, another thing that we can add on to this is this can go for both, you know, prospective employees and employers. So one of the things that's like frequently talked about and like one of the things in like business, especially as like young college kids is, you know, don't go into a first job or, you know, if you're going, if you're creating your own company or business, don't go into your first year expecting to maximize profits go into it with the mindset of i'm going to learn because you know if you're trying to maximize profits in your first year in business you know you're going to probably be get be charging people higher than you should the value is not going to be as high as it as it could be and you know you're not going to be doing the best that you can as a business because you simply don't have the knowledge or understanding of what it takes I think one of the biggest things that I've realized is that I really don't like the more time goes on, the more I realize I need to learn. So like, I guess like really like since this semester started or really even last semester, the the more that time goes on and the more that I like learn about business and just operate through business, the more I learn that I don't know anything. So I kind of view this stage in my life and probably the next couple of years as well as just a learning process and iterating to make my product the best that it can be and provide the most value for my customers. I'm not really trying to maximize profits right now. Mm-hmm. I understand like right now that I'm giving away like hundreds of thousands of dollars of value for essentially free. But you know, that comes with understanding that I'm in it for the long term. Yeah. I think as like an employee too, you know, some guys will you know if you go to a company and you're a low man on the totem pole and they offer you a job you know don't take shit shit pay but like understand that you're like a low guy on the totem pole if you're if you got a bed at a good company with a lot of good people around you take it as an opportunity to learn and understand that you know the skills that you're gaining now are going to be much more valuable in the long term versus you know an, an extra 4k a year mm-hmm. and um 
Wait, like what you were talking about earlier, I mean, I heard like a, a quote that I know from Layla Hormozy is that you really got to put your foot in the door first and really figure out like where you are. And then once you put your foot in the door and get through the door, um, you can start like acclimating and learning to that environment. So for me, um, I've just been trying to get content out, whether it be on this podcast or um, marketing content on my Instagram page. I've just been trying to get it ready and get it out. Um, doesn't matter like how much or how little I put out, but at least like I'm in there. And once I'm in that space, I'll be able to get feedback and really learn and like educate myself on what went right and what went wrong. And I think trial and error is probably the best way to teach yourself anything, whether it be in business, employment, um, academically or athletically or anything like that. I completely agree. I think, yeah, I think this podcast is actually like kind of a microcosm for everything that we've been talking about today in the sense Mm -hmm. that, you know, we're very young in in the podcast making experience. So we're quite literally just trying to get content out there and see what interacts with people and what doesn't. And, you know, all we've really done so far is report, record podcasts and talk. We really haven't marketed, marketed it much. We really even haven't promoted it that much. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we're really just like getting our, our, our foot in the door, as you just said, and we're just kind of trying to figure things out as we go. And like you said, I think that experience and doing things is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that being said, I feel like kind of wrapped up the update on our businesses. Uh, I think we're ready to move on to the content of this podcast. Uh, for this podcast, we really wanted to focus on passion and uh, how passion drives um, many different factors of a business, uh, whether that be discipline, consistency, commitment, um, all those things. We just wanted to focus on how um, discovering your passions will really help you stay consistent in business and um, potentially develop a business idea for you. Yeah. I guess for, you know, experience that I've had, you know, landscaping, obviously, you know, you've helped me out, you know, it's, it's a grueling job. Um, And there are times, especially this fall, where there'd be weekends, it was just me out there doing stuff. And, you know, I was out there for 12, 14 hours a day. But I think if you're passionate about something, you don't, you get tired, but you don't get tired. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I could work all day and then wake up at 5 a.m. the next day and go and do it again. And, you know, obviously I'm a little fatigued, but, like, I can still do it. Mm-hmm. I think that when you're passionate about something, it just gives you this energy that even when you don't want to do it, you still do it. Mm-hmm. Have, have you noticed that? I'm Yeah, no, I've definitely noticed that. I feel like passion is what brought me to this industry and this line of work that I'm in right now because um, initially I spoke about this a lot but I thought sports was my passion and once that kind of faded and like that that passion didn't really not exist anymore but wasn't really as apparent in my life I had time to really like reflect and look at what I'm really passionate about and for me, exercise and working out was one of them. And so that's how I kind of got into the field and through um, a lot of, I guess, trial and error, but a lot of uh, exposure and experience to like um, 
like a lot of my friends in the gym like i was able to see uh problems and problems like with my passion and how i could fix those problems and yeah what's what's been the biggest challenge that you faced thus far in, in your career in in this business specifically i guess um for me at least is probably i think it's crafting a product that is suitable for like everyone because um in fitness it's hard to do that because there's many different body types um a lot of people like there's tall people there's skinny people there's short people there's like a bulky people there's a lot of different types of bodies and to cater to that um to cater to that uh kind of difference is it's very difficult and you're gonna have to um do a lot of like tests and uh, measurements and all that to really suit a product to um every individual so that one size fits all and that's not what i'm looking to do but it's really challenging to navigate those um those waters yeah i think when i really got into you know not as much landscape i would say but um varna especially i noticed a problem within myself um i think that when I was, you know, in high school and my gap year, I didn't really understand like where I was going in life. Quite frankly, I just, I had never thought about it. Mm-hmm. I had just done what everyone else told me to do. And, you know, that left me, or I got to a point in life that I think most people get to, if not everyone, that, you know, someone stops telling me what to do or you know, for me specifically, I hit a crossroads of, is this really what I want to be doing? And, you know, that problem or that, you know, even just that thought, you know, led me to do a lot of research and studying like Jay Shetty and meditation and so on, as we've talked about in the previous episodes. And I understood that the people that I was trying or the thing, the problems that I had were not just individual to me they seem to be widespread amongst a large group of people and for me I understood that because I had gone through the suffering that I had gone through I wanted to help people to avoid the stuff that I went through and I think that's where my passion developed I guess in terms of serving your you know your customer persona is there a specific memory that you have in mind of, you know, a person, whether it be you or someone else that may have gone through something that you want to help them serve that may be contributing to your passion towards this, this journey. Um, so a lot of what you spoke about really resonates with like what makes me passionate. And for me, I, I mean, I had the same realization during my gap semester I didn't really know what was next and I didn't, I'd just been going through the motions and um, I really did what people told me to do and that could have been my family trying to tell me to go into banking and for me, I accepted it for a little bit and then I really thought to myself like, do I really want to do this or is this what I want to spend the next 20 years of my life after college trying to do? Because I know a bunch of 
friends and like friends parents that have been in um been in industries for like a long time and they kind of get like sick and tired of it because it doesn't really align with what they're passionate with mm-hmm. and um I think that that's like a big driver and for my customer persona I think for me someone that is for like for like a memory um I'd say that this summer I saw like one of my friends and he was doing like an exercise completely wrong and that's like what built my customer persona um seeing him do that and it really got me interested in how I fixed this problem but um my friend like this friend is like someone who like doesn't give up and doesn't quit so like that's also like the values that I saw in my customer is that um after some instruction and after some adjustments um they're able to really persevere and see the results that they want mm-hmm. so you do have like a specific person that you're trying to target right yeah so it's, uh, go on. Well, my specific person that I'm trying to target is um, anyone who's pretty much doesn't have good form in their um, in their exercises, and to help them really get to their goals, just because their form is lacking, um, that's all. Like that's a small thing, and that only needs a little bit of adjustment. And once you get there, um, you keep pushing and you can really get to your goals. That's I think. If you're, if you're open to this, I think that we can do a, a good exercise right now that will help other people to help understand their true passions. Do you want to do it? Yeah, sure. All right. So you said that you want to, you know, help people improve their form, correct? Mm-hmm. That's your, that's one of your main goals. Yeah. Why do you want to help people improve their form? Because I think in improving your form, in turn, in turn, it makes you stronger, whether you're, like, on different lifts you're trying to do. Um, it builds that muscle, that muscle tissue that you really want to get out of. Um, whether you, like, when you work out, you want to get big and you want to gain muscle and get stronger. Mm-hmm. It really does all those things, I think. And why is it important for people to gain muscle and strength and you know, build that tissue when they're working out to you? Uh, for me, for me, I work out to um, really develop my mental strength. And that might be different for other people. Like, I'm, like if you're Mr. Olympia, you don't work out to gain mental strength. It might be like a side factor, but you don't do that. That's not your main cause. But uh, you're working out to be big and gain muscle. And for my target market which is like um fitness influencers or fitness creators um a lot of their content is really geared around um how they look and so social social perception is um a big factor in why people should i think i think it's something people deny but it's something people also like keep in the back of their mind so you think that um, you know, building, building your mindset is, is helping and, you know, fixing like the idea around like people's social perceptions. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that just a little bit more? Well, so for me working out, obviously I have goals that I, that I want to achieve working out, but, um, those goals are like more on the mindset side so that I'm like able to be confident enough to like 
to like w- like with myself mm-hmm. that um that like I guess like will like take that social perception. Yeah, away. it's like a hard thing to wrap your head around. Yeah, see, like this is this is like the exercise. Essentially, what I was trying to do here is, you know, I would I was just gonna keep asking you like. Arlen Moore showed me this. It's like ask someone why like seven to 12 times mm-hmm. when they say that they want to do something. So we could even go further. Yeah. And the intention of what we're doing here is, you know, it's really to get you to think about, you know, this is an exercise that people listening can do as well. It's, you know, so Aria, he, he came up, he said that, you know, he wanted to build this company to help people improve their form. And I asked him why, and he went on. And then I I can keep asking him why and why. And in essence, what it is doing is it's helping Aria to understand even deeper his passion and, you know, help. I think the deeper that you can understand your passion, the more optimally that we're able to, you know, serve our customers and clients because we understand it more fully and we understand our passion and we're able to like tailor things that, you know, we think are important, you know? No, I think... Passion is really prescribed to your uh, value proposition of your company and what you want your company to. So for my company, there's obviously the product, but then there's all these different like marketing tactics like um, like fitness influencers and like uh, potentially this podcast. There's a lot of different things that I want to branch out and do with this company because of the value proposition that I have wrapped around this company. And that is to isolate and concentrate. That's our motto. And while that's applicable in the fitness area, um, it's also applicable um, in life and in mindfulness. And I think that's two like the big things I want to stretch is isolation and concentration. And I'm pushing that through the product and I'm pushing that through uh, different marketing tactics. Yeah, I think that's awesome. It's awesome to you know hear that especially like so early in the process you've already identified you know a core set of values that your company believes and stands for and is looking to promote i think that's you know super good so for i mean for you do you have like i know you have two different uh things going on you have varna and you have a landscaping company do you have two different value propositions or do you have them like branched under um a singular like value proposition or passion yeah so um my my landscaping company and Varna are actually eventually they're going to be under the same management company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I see it being probably at least a 10 to 15 year process, but you know, essentially I'm super passionate about landscape. I always have been, you know, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I never get tired of landscape, even, you know, even when I'm just walking around school here, like I'm like, Oh, I wish I could, you know, be out cutting the grass or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that this is this is a, a company that I anticipate scaling and, you know, our goal is to become, you know, the number one landscaping rider in the South Shore of Massachusetts. And, you know, maybe we'll even branch off from that. But, you know, at, the goal with this company is to build capital for, you know, future ventures and it's also to help me understand you know, the process of building a company and leading a company and, you know, working with customers. So, you know, one of the biggest things that I can consider even in the landscaping company is, you know, people. I think that business boils down to people. So, you know, especially this year going 
going into this year. I'm super passionate about working with our customers. I have, you know, a number of different things I'm doing for our customers to enhance the value that they receive from our company. But also I'm looking to, you know, serve the younger people who work for me. So, you know, one of the things I'm going to be doing this summer with a lot of my employees, they're going to be working in the field. Um, you know, that's a number one responsibility that we have as a company. But on the side, I'm also going to be, you know, holding seminars um, focused around different aspects of the company. So we have a number of guys who are interested in finance. They'll be focusing on finance and, you know, I'm going to be sitting down with them and working with them on a weekly and monthly basis to kind of just get their toes wet into this company and, you know, have them understand firsthand what goes into it. I think that a lot of guys will, will go and they'll get internships, but, you know, I think that a lot of times internships is busy work. Mm -hmm. I want my guys to have real experience. So, you know, that's another thing that we're doing. But up the line with Varna, my true passion is to serve the younger generations so that they understand life in a way that they that I don't think the world looks at it in terms of business. Mm -hmm. um, one of the quotes that I wrote down in our notes today is that your work works on you more than you work on it. So, you know, my ideology around life and business is, you know, I think there's a high correlation, as I mentioned earlier. I think that the majority of our time is spent on business, and I think that the majority of people aren't truly fulfilled in the business that they're doing. So I'm looking to, you know, help young people enhance their lives through understanding business through the eyes of fulfillment rather than monetary value. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, down the line, I anticipate Varna turning into both of uh, all three, a uh, private equity, venture capital and consulting firm. Mm -hmm. um, we're looking to work with young adults and entrepreneurs to really help them grow the businesses and careers that they're fully passionate about. So they experience more fulfillment in their lives. Yeah. So you talked about, I mean, pretty much what we've been talking about, like process or results and not not looking for monetary value but looking for fulfillment and i think a lot of successful entrepreneurs preach that money's not going to come if you look for it in the beginning but rather if you're working towards a specific goal whether that's not monetary whether that be like a value-based goal or um, a social mission or anything like that if you're working towards a goal like that and you try to um, establish that goal and try to accomplish it, um, that mo that money will come. Mm -hmm. and yeah, if you keep yeah. Another note on that too is, you know, not to toot my own horn or anything, but if I were to win the lottery, if I was, you know, if I won a billion dollars, I wouldn't change a single thing that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think that if you kind of, you know, sit back and and consider where you're going and why you're doing it it'll become clear to you whether it's a passion or not. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, money for me absolutely is not the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's, I actually, you know, when I say this, I, I don't know if people believe it or not, but I, I truly am very passionate about what I do and why I do it. I wake up every single day excited to do what I do. And I want more people to experience the level of joy that I've been able to experience over the one year and you know building something that I love I think that I look around and so many of my peers are not not that they're unhappy because I think especially in college this reality hasn't really hit us yet 
But I think that, you know, going forward, they're not actually um, considering why they're doing what they're doing. And I think that there are going to be negative long-term effects. So I would like to, you know, fix that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then earlier you spoke about how uh, you ha- you've had a passion for landscaping for a while and how you turned that into a business. But uh, you also have like a newfound passion for serving. And I think that's something that's really similar to me and i've had a passion for fitness for a pretty long time i'd say since my like freshman year of high school and now i'm a sophomore in college so that's almost six years um and then i just really got into the pa- uh, the space of mindfulness and that i've gotten really passionate about that and the effects that it can have on you and for me combining those two aspects into one business wasn't really hard because I think they go really hand in hand with each other and I was really lucky with that um for you uh you have two different businesses and putting them under one roof shouldn't be too hard but putting um like kind of separating the two isn't as easy but Mm -hmm. I think you found a good way to really combine the two and um help people out in both yeah yeah i think it it's probably unclear to a lot of people now how you know landscaping and private equity go hand in hand Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but i I do have a plan uh i i may or may not share the exact you know i i think about this stuff all the time so i have it you know written down like cent by cent and hour by hour and minute by minute of you know how things are going to go and what type of investment it's going to take and how many years i anticipate it taking you know all this stuff will you know it's just a rough blueprint i i I, there's no way i can know but i think that you know same with you like a lot of times in the beginning i would out if i'm being honest i i really thought that landscaping was going to be separate but you know as i've came to consider it more and more i think that it is is very clear to me how both of them go hand in hand and you know, I, I know that mindset and, you know, fitness especially go hand in hand. So it's, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see, you know, where you take that and, and what it has to do in the years to come. I mean, for me, at least I didn't really see the, the similarities in mindset and fitness and um, the mental toll that it takes, like both things take on you. Um, I didn't really notice that until I dabbled in both spaces. So basically... I didn't start meditating until I'd say like this summer. So I wasn't really cognizant of that. And this summer I came up with this idea and I really just wanted to make it a product company. But being in a class like FME showed me that you need to have value behind your company. And I think creating a mindfulness outlet or um, like a mental training outlet is how I create value for my company. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned FME and uh, considering value behind a company. Would you say that your FME company has value and, you know, maybe explain to them what FME is just so they know prior to you talking about this? Yeah, so FME is uh, a core class here at Babson. It's uh, Foundations of Management and Entrepreneurship. So it basically um, teaches you how to run a business uh, as a freshman in college and some people are more far along in the journey than others, so they really have a nose for it. Um, other people are beginners and they don't really know much of the operations or anything like that. But um, essentially, the idea behind this company is that there's two, uh, two aspects. There's organizational behavior and there's entrepreneurship. So entrepreneurship's more like the 
the finance and the accounting and all those uh, concrete uh, departments, whereas organizational behavior is um, kind of... Leadership. Uh, yeah, leadership and uh, taking charge of your employees and um, delegating tasks and making sure that your employees have good personal life. So, like, keeping that balance of work and life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my business, I'd say we recently pivoted our business and... I, I'm not sure like how much value it has in like the outside world, but for the target market that we're trying to appeal to, which is Babson students, it might have a lot of value because it's a sentimental type of thing. So we've recently pivoted to um, rings, specifically class rings. So we were going to sell like um, class rings to recent graduates and potentially like Potentially kids who haven't even graduated yet, if they want to get a class ring early. I mean, I I know this business is only going to be going on for five weeks, so there's not really that much of a possibility that we can extend it to wait till juniors graduate or sophomores graduate or or current freshmen graduate. There's really not that possibility. Um, So I think that, yeah, I mean, my business... It could have value, but it depends on how we sell and how we market. Yeah, I would say that for myself, the company that I'm working on for FME does not have any any value. <laughs> I I think that there are I think there are a few good ones out there though. Um, you know, I think it is somewhat irrational to think that you can build a company in a year. I just I think there's way too much to go into it, and I guess one of the biggest things that I've noticed in tune with this podcast is that in order to be successful in business the people who are running the business must be passionate about it Mm -hmm. and i think that the biggest problem with the class is that you know most people aren't passionate about the class or the Mm -hmm. the project so for for my group i this past week since we decided to pivot because a lot of our people all a lot of our group members were torn in the passion and a lot of them, half of them wanted to really stick with uh, our original business idea. And they were really passionate about it. They were really passionate about how we can move the business forward and how we could potentially market it or um, do any like different types of events to really get it off the ground. But then there was another half of the team that was like, this idea is outdated. It's not really going to work in um, to, like, this time and setting right now. And what was your original idea? It was like a Facebook marketplace for Babson. And mm-hmm. so um, a lot of our target market was essentially, our main target market was essentially January admits and uh, getting them before they came here, or like while they were here and like not everyone else was here, but we weren't able to do that. So once we came back, um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of kids on my team were really, didn't really want to enact the, the marketplace as we called it and they really wanted to switch ideas and so that's how we decided on rings and they made a really interesting proposition um and the thing about our company is that we really shored up our value proposition in in the process of the pivot so we really looked at like what what our initial company was doing and the value that it had to our target market and then we because that business model didn't work, we pivoted our business model, but we kept the value proposition. And I think that's really important in um, how we pivoted because 
you're really keeping the mission of the the project but your uh, your model is just different mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it, it it's i don't know I, I don't know i'm not a huge fan of the class but it it is it has been good for me too to just like you know i'm, I'm sure for you too to just kind of like think about these things as you're going through them and be like mm -hmm. oh like this thing didn't work for us because uh, you know the value proposition me or it just like logistically wasn't there you know there are all these different issues that these companies face so it is interesting and i think it's useful to maybe consider some of the the, the challenges that we face and you know use some of the strategies to get past them um for our own ventures but you know i think beyond that there's you know maybe like working in a group or something is somewhat useful but i don't know yeah no i think that's like the thing about a lot of classes uh here is that like I don't really take much interest into doing the work that uh, they give, but um, the content that I'm taught is really helpful because I'm able to see how I can apply that in real life. Mm -hmm. And for me, like going through school and middle school and high school, I wasn't really able to see where the stuff that I was taught could be applied in real life. And that's like a lot of what kids talk about these days. And they're saying like, why should I even go to school? Like when... I'm not even going to do algebra when I'm 35 years old. Yeah. Like that, I feel like that's like what Babson's really good about is that we have 2,500 kids here who all want to be entrepreneurs or all want to be in the business space. And they're really good about saying, all right, that's, that's what you guys want to do. Then we're going to cater our classes and our curriculum to that. That's really what I like about this school. It's like not the real school aspect is the material that we're being taught and how it's applic applicable right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say that they're, they're definitely, especially this semester, I'm actually, you know, somewhat enjoying the class I'm taking, especially marketing I find to be applicable, um, managerial accounting I find to be applicable, and mm -hmm. economics I find actually to be super applicable in terms of, you know, marketing uh, and, you know, sales and stuff like that, because, you know, understanding how the world works, et cetera, is going to help you to, you know, sell better to a certain audience. Mm -hmm. So I find that super, super applicable. Some other classes, not as much, but I think for the most part, Babson does a really good job of, um, you know, promoting the right things. I think that, you know, if I were going to a liberal arts school, I, you know, I, I wouldn't really value it much at all. Um, I do understand, you know, I, I guess we can talk about this in another episode, college, but, you know, I think that for elementary school, that when young kids say that, oh, why am I learning this? I think that, I think that that's just a young thing to say. I actually mm -hmm. do think there's a lot of value in, you know, pretty much everything through high school. I think that, um, you know, it's not essential. It's not necessarily that you're going to be using algebra or, or any of that stuff in, in the future, or even physics. But it, the concept is really to teach students how to problem solve. Mm -hmm. Although I think I think that nowadays students don't really realize that and they kind yeah. of just memorize facts, which, you know, that's a discussion for another time. But I don't think that's as useful as actually learning the process of learning to solve problems. Um, but yeah, I think that Babson does a good job at, you know, uh, tailoring at least some stuff to, you know, have some value in the real, in the real world. You know, I mean, I, 
definitely agree with what you said about problem solving because that's something that it really like I had to come to college to see that that's what um that type of education did for me and I thought it was helpful in that way um but I think that just um for me at least like having something that I could say like so in managerial accounting we're talking about um profit maximization or um like ideal like profit so like say you're trying to get um seventy five hundred dollars in profit how would you allocate costs and Mm. um how much revenue you need to make to get to that number and uh for me i can learn that in class i'm not completely disagreeing with your with with what you're saying but i can learn that in class but then i can and then i can come back to my dorm and use formulas like that and put Mm. it into what i'm doing right away and the thing about education for me is that for me like I really have to feel passionate about what I'm learning to kind of get the most out of it and for me I'm really passionate about business and that's why I'm really trying to get the most out of this school and the material that they're teaching me but um in like high school and stuff like that like I wasn't really that passionate about biology because I knew I wasn't going to go in there and Mm -hmm. become like a biology major in college but um so like that's like that's like the thing even like self-education um reading books and stuff like that like i'm not gonna read a book about um like a like a like a love story yeah because like that's like not helping me at all but i'm gonna read a book about like i'm like the book ryan gave me the other day i'm gonna read 100 million dollars offers by alex ramosi because it's gonna help me in my business life and business is something that i'm passionate about yeah, I think especially as we get older and, you know, I, I've noticed especially recently the amount of free time that I have is dwindling and it's becoming less and less. So, you know, spending time, you know, if I was taking a biology class right now, it would, you know, this is something that we talked about in economics, actually. The opportunity cost of me going to a biology class right now would essentially be negative. Mm-hmm. The opportunity cost for me going to a liberal arts college would be negative. Mm-hmm. So it, it is, it is you know, considering the, the value that you're getting back from certain actions is, you know, really interesting. And I think, you know, that's why I like economics, but it's also like, you know, it's applicable to for me even doing homework. It's like, yeah, like I want to get good grades, but at the end of the day, like, I would say 95% of my day is spent on, you know, business. Mm -hmm. I think that I spend another 2% of my day working out. And then the rest of the time that I'm awake during a day is, you know, homework. So Mm -hmm. maybe 3% of the day. Yeah. So, I mean, we're definitely going to talk about college in another episode, but uh, I think you got it right. Like you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to really focus on biology um, much going into, like, a business school or a business major. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that we'll talk about coming forward, but it it is something that's good to consider. Is there anything else that you want to add today? or? Um, for today, I mean, we talked a lot about passion. We talked about um, how passion can push you forward. And then we also spoke a little bit about how you can really find that passion from um, asking why like seven or 12 times. Mm -hmm. But um, 
I think discovering passion is um, a lot to do with reflection. And maybe that's yourself asking those questions. Or maybe that's, um, maybe you're asking yourself why, like a bunch of times. Or maybe you're saying like, what do I devote most of my time to? And for me, that's that's what I thought about. Um, after sports and everything, I was like, what do I devote most of my time to? And a lot of it was the gym and going out to exercise. And maybe that was to help my mental or maybe that was just to gain muscle. But um, that was like a big passion of mine. And I think that's why I was able to enact on it. I was really able to realize that I was um, spending most of my time there and that helped me, I mean, kind of gain exposure, but also discover that that was somewhere where I wanted to do business in. Yeah, it's it's good to emphasize that a lot of this stuff that we're talking about came from real life experience. So, you know, if you're if you're trying to find your passion, just go and try things, you know, like can never hurt. And, you know, taking action is definitely good. And I we, we mentioned a lot about, you know, our you know, what's actually going on in our lives and how we, you know, how, like Ari was saying, how we actually came to where we are now. Um, so, you know, if you like how we incorporated some more of the business side of things, let us know, um, you know, as of right now, depending on how you guys respond. I know I really enjoy talking about business. Um, we'll, we'll probably try and talk about business almost exclusively at least one time a week going forward now. But, you know, let us know what you thought. And, yeah. Yeah, we're here to share our experience and we're here to really help people out and maybe educate, but also um, educate through our process. And I think that's a, a big way. We spoke about trial and error and um, talking about our process is maybe that's helping you and maybe that's helping you see what you should and shouldn't do. But um, that's why we're here and please reach out and let us know if we need to improve or anything's helped you that we've come across. And please let us know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a good final point of, you know, we're sharing our processes with you. So, you know, maybe it can expedite your process in a way. But yeah, let us know. Thanks for listening and we hope you have a good rest of your day or night. Yep. Thank you.